Welcome to another episode of Riskpreneurs with me, Yakalo from Magna Crypto and Nick from Rafe London. Let's get this show started. So, off camera, off mic, offline, <laughs> we were just talking about Nick's accomplishment. <laughs> He's hit that 1K subscriber number on YouTube and now he is monetized. Monetized, yeah. Massive, massive achievement. Uh, especially because you started not too long ago. Mm. Absolutely smashed it. So let's just, I mean, we're talking about it off, off mic, but let's just kind of repeat the process of how to get monetized. So what are the requirements to get to that level, to get paid on YouTube? I think you need a um, thousand subs and 4,000 watch hours. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Obviously, they review a channel, like, you know, mm. to see if you're making useful content. Yeah. But you is, need to hit the thresholds first before you can even apply, so. Is that, is that the, uh, after you've hit those numbers, is that their main kind of criteria to like, did they look at your videos and actually, this is actually good, good content or is this mm. some BS? Well, yeah, sort of, innit? Because you know, they have, poly- you have, they have uh, advertising policies. Mm. So they do tell you that, okay, look, this kind of thing, these kind of videos we can monetize, whereas these kind of videos we can't monetize. Okay. And what they're mostly lean towards is your videos have to be useful, innit? Mm-hmm. So if, you're, if your videos are computer generated, not monetized. Uh, when you say computer generated, what do you mean? So, you know, um, I don't know if you know, if you've watched any of these, but uh some time ago there was an influx of a shit ton of videos where what people used to do is make channels and then um they would go to reddit um reddit forums and then they would get a computer and read out those things and then they would just make videos like that okay um but but youtubers now would like look you can't do that shit and like mm-hmm. you gotta make proper videos yeah um so they demonetize those types of channels okay um and then they also say you can't you can't monetize things that you that are not yours in a way mm-hmm. so content that you've just stolen from other people mm-hmm. like you know if you just take a clip from someone and you just put it and mm-hmm. upload it mm. that's not really monetizable yeah yeah but if you take someone's clip and add your own input to it commentary anything mm-hmm then that's okay, you know, because that, that counts under fair use and it counts under you actually adding some sort of value to the yeah. video. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they have a lot of policies. I don't know how strict they are with the accepting because mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of channels that, you know, don't don't adhere to those rules and are still monetized. So. Okay, so maybe they're not that strict. Yeah. And uh, in terms of, you, you know, again, we spoke about it a little bit off mic. Which categories are uh, getting the most paid? Finance, by far. By far. Yeah, like from all the research I've done, finance seems to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we spoke about Graham Stephan, who earns yeah. like four million from just ad revenue. Crazy. Right. Um, but even if you think about smaller channels, right? Mm-hmm. There's a guy called Spencer Cornelia. Mm-hmm. His channel is not that big, so it's like maybe just over 100k now. Mm-hmm. But 
back even back he were when he was below 100k mm-hmm. his earnings were like eight nine grand a month mm-hmm. you know for for a channel that's, that's under yeah. 100k that's not that's, that high right yeah, like yeah. you know 100k is not a, yeah. a, a big channel like mm-hmm. in relative terms mm-hmm. but eight nine grand is is a shit ton of money in it yeah, from just man. ad revenue as well. That's, that's a high paying salary. That is ex- bro, that's a crazy salary. Like yeah, eight, yeah. nine grand is like yeah. next level. 100%. You know, so finance, man. Like finance. I've heard um, the average finance CPM is around $16 or somewhere in that range. And then the RPM is close to uh, maybe seven or eight. So C- CPM is clicks per minute. Is it? Yeah, or min minai or something ah, okay. like that. Yeah. And RPM is. Is a, uh, what's RPM rates per minai or something like that. Anyway. Okay. But yeah. I know the the difference in the meaning. Mm-hmm. So CPM is what advertisers pay. Mm-hmm. RPM is what you get paid. Ah, okay. Um. Yeah. So CPM is, for example. Maybe, maybe it's revenue per minute. Oh yeah, that revenue. could be that actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so CPM, for example, in finance is 16. Mm-hmm. So someone who wants to advertise in a niche will pay $16 per thousand views or impressions rather. Mm-hmm. And then uh, RPM is what you'll get paid after YouTube's taken their 45% commission. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Flipping <laughs> 45% commission, bro. That's a, that's a big tax. That's a big chunk. That's a high. That's a high tax brand. Uh, band, sorry. Trust forty five percent, bro. Come yeah. on. But you Insane. know, like, and so. I think we we kind of touched upon it before. Obviously, you've gotten to a thousand subscribers in short time uh, frame. Mm-hmm. Almost two thousand now. Almost two thousand. Yeah, I'm with one thousand seven hundred. Isn't it? Oh my days! <laughs> Doubled quick time. So it, it, it went kind of like the the growth curve. Literally, yeah, literally. Yeah. So, what would you say are the strategies for getting more subscribers or to a, a higher number? Um. Yeah, I think the way the the strategy that I used was in your niche find someone who's basically on a base level is to create a viral a viral video right because mm. that way when youtube starts promoting it everyone's gonna see it and they were like oh this is a good video or and they'll end up subscribing to you mm-hmm. obviously <clears throat> subscribers aren't as important as views mm-hmm. um, but obviously when you're under a thousand subscribers matter a lot because mm-hmm. you can't get monetized otherwise um but yeah, my strategy was try to create some sort of viral content mm-hmm. which will garner attention to the channel and then that will give you a bigger platform for, you know, other things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So obviously, as you know, all of my gains are just from that one video of yeah. Shamath, right? <laughs> it was 160,000 100, views now. Yeah, 160,000 views now. Yeah. Um, when all of my other videos are under 1,000 views, in it. Yeah. So it's literally just from that one video. Yeah. Uh, and all the revenue as well is all from that one video. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so my, that's what I would say is, you know, is try to try create some sort of viral content. Yeah. That'll push you. That'll push it up, bears. 
it's got to be that way, isn't it? Don't know how sustainable that is, but you know, yeah. it's, it's a good way to get started, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's that's the the boost the booster pack you got to mm. use that to boost your channel and then mm. you know create your regular stuff. No, that's 100%, sick. man. That's sick. It might be difficult in some niches, but mm. you know, in finance, yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot of content available already. Like it's yeah. a very developed niche on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I'd agree. Like for example, in crypto, I don't, th- you know, from what I've seen, there isn't like one topic that might get you like a viral ten thousand, hundred thousand views, but there are like small viral, you know, moments. Like for example, when Dogecoin went to the moon if you had some dogecoin videos then that would do really, really well and when there's like a big upgrade for a project then you know you might catch and win with that mm. um but yeah sm- smaller viral, viral videos i'd say yeah definitely helps i mean to be honest I've, I've been looking at yours as well and i think yours is growing steady bro yeah because yeah. last week you had like 600 something subscribers yeah and now you're like 7 30 you know yeah yeah yeah. so you should be hitting us a thousand like fairly soon yeah hopefully it's yeah mine, mine's definitely a, a slower curve mm. but you know it's, it's, it's still good you know there's there's different ways to get there in it your ones is more natural in it my one yeah. is Lock. <laughs> it's just lock. It? Uh, <laughs> <but> you, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, you need that, don't it? Like you need that that viral moment. Yeah, then, but then, it's 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 not it's not the ordinary, in it. Mm, I would no, say it's yeah. it, it's very unlikely for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. And for me to say that it was planned, it, I, that would just be me giving myself credit that I don't deserve in it because yeah. it was not pl- I did not upload the video and think oh yeah it's this gonna, video is going to be viral <laughs> it's going to hit 100,000 yeah. plus yeah you know so yeah you know there's a, there are, there's a lot of luck involved yeah especially with the YouTube algorithm 100% so. yeah it's like I said it is just somehow your video just gets chucked into the stream of, mm. of viralness and then it catches it it's definitely a bit of luck but I think what for me, what I always thought about these kind of moments is it it matters what you do afterwards. Like you know, when someone gets a viral viral hit, some of them just just die off and nothing happens. Mm. But the other ones act on the moment and mm-hmm. I've got yeah, some to momentum. Keep the momentum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Continue the momentum and and then that'll be the rocket that'll take them further. You know. That's bad. So uh, so what's your next move? Hmm. That's tough, man. Because yeah. um. I think my next movie is what we discussed before, do you remember, where I was like, I want to start making two videos a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of them will be more more lesson-based, i.e. me explaining things <clears throat> personally. Mm-hmm. And then one of them will be more the type that went viral. So it'll be someone else kind of giving that information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I remember someone did say in the comments that they liked the fact that I was I was uh, getting lectures and then condensing them down to important lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, so they like that part because mm-hmm. instead of someone having to sit through like a, a whole one hour, two hour interview, yeah. Yeah. they definitely heard that on the motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one hour, two hour a lecture to gain like five, <clears throat> ten lessons, right? Mm. So I think I want to start pursuing that further as well because I, I obviously consume a lot of that content anyway. Mm-hmm. 
So it would be good to, you know, see how I interpret that mm. uh, that information mm-hmm. and um, condense it down to, you know, like a 10-minute video mm-hmm. um, from, you know, people, from, you know, relatively famous famous people. Yeah. And that have good good wisdom. Yeah, that have good wisdom. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I want to... I think I need to find a balance between someone who's famous but not too famous. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, if you find if you get someone like Elon Musk, right, mm-hmm. he's so famous that your videos will just be drowned in sea of other Elon Musk yeah. videos, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So I think now it might be difficult to get viral in that type of content. Mm-hmm. So it might be it would be better to target someone who's more up and coming, I guess. Yeah. You know, like I don't know how I'm gonna do that, but you know that that's the plan. I I, I, I saw the um. Oh, I read some of the article that you put on your Instagram. Was this Austin Russell? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, the lidar guy. Yeah, yeah. The, the youngest billionaire. Yeah, youngest billionaire, twenty-five man. Insane. Crazy. Yeah. Would you do like a video on him, for example? Yo, hundred percent, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Because um, I think you know what he is. You know what I found mm. is when you have young people who are successful their philosophies are quite different to someone let's say ray dalio or Mm. warren buffet or other people who are more established who have more long-term careers in their businessmen in in their business Mm -hmm. and i think it's important to consider that that young perspective as well yeah Yeah, you know because um these young people are ideally in because I know I know my audience right mm-hmm. is is literally the same age group as you know eighteen to thirty years old, mm. so it might resonate more coming from someone who's in the same age group and is also successful because mm. they've grown up with the same technology and the same advancements that you have, mm-hmm. you know, compared to someone like Warren Buffett or Ray Dalio who were. Who were hustling back in the eighties and the seventies, and then when the world was completely different, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying what they say is useless. Absolutely not. Like mm-hmm. they have extreme amounts of wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to also get the other perspective because obviously, when young people become successful, their their means of success, their philosophies are found to be quite different. Mm-hmm you know, compared to the a lot of the older generation. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. So, you know, I do want to focus a lot on, on the young aspect of it. Mm. Um, no, you know, yeah. yeah. No, I definitely agree. And uh, as you said, because they grow up with the same technologies and the same environment, they're going to be a lot more relatable to us. You know, we can probably see ourselves in them a lot more than the older generation like. You know Warren Buffett has never used a computer. <laughs> he, he literally <laughs> doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't, he oh, doesn't use a computer. Down. Even though he's best friends with Bill Gates. Mm. And Bill Gates often teases him, but he's he's never used a computer. So <laughs> You know. Yeah. Yeah, like you know the thing is, yeah, also I stopped watching literally all advice videos and content, you know. Yeah, yeah. Cause, Cause for me personally it was like it was just getting too much and it, it, mm. it was it's just like it, it doesn't provide you any 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 clear guidance by any means because mm-hmm. what they're telling you is okay look 
this is the way to do it mm-hmm. or this is what I advise you to do. Mm-hmm. And then you go to someone else and then their advice will be completely different. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, look, I know both sides. Which one is the right one? Mm-hmm. Don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I kind of want to stray away from the advice aspect and, and focus more on the hard facts type. Mm-hmm. type of um, wisdom let's say yeah I mean when you say hard fact like hard fact from from where uh from from the from people right so okay. for example if you think about that Shema video mm. there's nothing in that video at least from what I remember that he says look this is the right way to do it or mm. this is the only way to do it mm-hmm. stuff like that and I want to stray away from stuff like that because me having gone through it personally, I feel like a lot of people who are, you know, kind of kind of inexperienced entrepreneurs, right? If you just tell them this is the only way to do it, right? It can be extremely discouraging, especially if they're not in a position to follow that path mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I kind of want to stray away from that kind of advice. Yeah, yeah. And focus a lot more on... Um, on uh, on hard knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, I I don't I really don't know how to define hard knowledge, mm-hmm. but in my head it makes sense. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it makes sense. Yeah, but <laughs> well, we'll see. You know, I guess. I, yeah, I, go on. I understand what you're saying though. Like, you know what, for example, Warren Buffett did in his day hmm. might probably will not apply to us or hmm. certain things that he did will not mm. apply to, you know, here. For example, his method of calculating things by using pen, paper and calculator. And no computer at all. It's like why do why would we why would we do that? <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So like things like that, I, I definitely agree. Like, you know I've got another example, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you look at a lot of traditional literature mm-hmm. and uh you know, the the <clears throat> previous generation of entrepreneurs. What they will tell you is, look, after you leave college or whatever, go into one field, work in that field, learn the field, mm. become an expert in that field, and then start your business, mm. right? Okay, fine. But if you look at a lot of new generation of entrepreneurs, what they will tell you is, you need to know uh, 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 you need to have a level of competency in multiple fields mm. and then your ability to be successful will depend on how well you can form connections or novel connections between those specific fields, mm-hmm. you know, which is quite different to what traditionally people advise, which is choose one field and go a mile deep in mm. that field and then yeah. follow that, right? Yeah. Whereas right now it's like choose your in four or five different interests, mm-hmm. go a few miles, not a mile deep, but a, a, you know a few meters deep mm. to a, a decent level, and then find a way to find a unique connection between those with those industries, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that latter is where is where I is the kind of direction that I follow. Yeah, you know. I'm not saying one's superior to the other. Mm. I'm just saying as the gener- as time has progressed, as we've got more technology, mm-hmm. 
the way you approach it has also kind of changed. Yeah. You know, so I, I want to make that known as well that, look, it's not always find one field and just, you know, become an expert just in that one field and do it. Mm-hmm. You could do that if you want, but, you know, there are other ways to also go about it. Yeah. I, uh, I We've spoken about this before and I definitely agree with that. You've got to be competent in a lot of things. I think I said this last time, but the, and you kind of mentioned it just now, like that is kind of the advice these days. Yeah. You know, to kind of be good at different things. But if you want to separate yourself from the head, though, if that's the common, almost common thing, would you not say the uncommon thing is to be very good at one thing? The best at one thing? No, I don't think that's the uncommon thing because. Why is that? Uh, because f- think about it this way, right? Mm. The way I see it is, if you want, if you want to be successful, like relatively speaking, and mm. you want to create a novel business idea, it's uncommon for you. It's uncommon for people to form links between a variety of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, like. I'm not saying it's easy to become an expert in that field, mm. but it is relatively straightforward to become an expert in one field, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, okay, look, I want to be, let's say, I don't know, any 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 field, for example, mm-hmm. right? Okay, I want to be expert in just in this one field. Mm-hmm. Come, you know, get experience in that field, learn as much as you can in that one field, mm-hmm. right? fairly predictable course of action mm-hmm. compared to if you if you need to create connections between multiple fields that mm-hmm. have not been made before i feel like that will be a lot yeah. more uncommon i yeah that i i would definitely say is uncommon i think i was thinking more about just having skills in different mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. um being more common as opposed to someone who's highly skilled in one the connection part i think is definitely i think that's what makes you the money yeah. essentially isn't it? yeah I, f- I think it's not the skills that are uncommon because now with the internet right knowledge is so freely available you can mm. literally learn anything mm-hmm. for almost no cost whatsoever <clears throat> mm-hmm. which is mad so you're gonna you're gonna be able to learn anything about pretty much any industry Mm-hmm. Right, so I, I I get what you're saying, as in being expert in one field, right? Mm-hmm. And you can be, and it will serve you well, no doubt about that. Mm. But if you're trying to create, you yeah. know, innovative things, yeah, it might help you to have a competent level of knowledge in multiple different fields. Yeah, I agree. Because um, I've heard a, a lot, uh, quite a few different people mm-hmm. say that the reason they're successful is because they knew about this field, this field, and this field. Mm -hmm. And because they knew about this field, this field, and that field, when they were trying to do something unique, Mm -hmm. they were able to take common practice in one field and apply that into a different field. Mm -hmm. Whereas the incumbents in that field just didn't do it that way. Mm -hmm. They were just like, look, this is the industry. This is how we do it. We don't do these things. We don't do these things. Mm-hmm. Right. But because this person had a, had a experience or knowledge of another industry, mm-hmm. they had that common practice in a different industry and applied it to this industry. Mm-hmm. 
and it turned out to be very unique very you know very innovative a very yeah. innovative thing mm-hmm. you know yeah, i don't yeah. know if that answers your question no, or not, to be honest yeah i know it does it does definitely and uh, even to add to that as well in terms of how effective that is when you combine elements from different sectors easy in easy examples in football for example when the spanish had their tiki taka football style and, and developed it and when they basically use that and 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 face the rest of the world they absolutely obliterated all other styles and then it got adopted eventually uh and when they took that style to different countries it was very very effective mm. so just in terms of um kind of different elements taking it to other other areas and, and using it there and combining it with different things yeah i definitely see that's that's where the money is essentially yeah i mean that's yeah. how you become innovative right because yeah. um if you just do things the way they've already been done mm. okay where's the innovation like you know like you got to try something new and how do you do that Mm-hmm. Or you take inspiration from outside the industry. I've got to take a shampoo. Yeah, it's slightly hot now, yeah. Yeah, I hear that, man. Can't complain, though. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather this than minus one. It's freezing not too long ago. It was literally last week, bro. Yeah. It was like snowing like crazy. And now it's getting hot. Um. Yeah, no, it def- definitely... Um, that is the way to go if you want to create something new. I want to add to that though. Yeah. I think I don't believe there's one correct way to do anything. Mm. So as you said, that's definitely the way to go. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't personally say that because I would just feel like, look, there's more than one way and you know? find which way you like. Mm-hmm. If you feel you're the type that you you have passion for one thing, and you want to go a mile deep in that thing, mm-hmm. perfectly fine. You know, the chances of success in that are just as high. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no there's no one superior way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just how you're wired in a way, I guess. You yeah. Because the way I'm wired is, I have interest in finance. I have interest in psychology. I have interest in cars. I have interest in fashion. Like. I have a, a a very wide variety of interests, mm-hmm. you know, and whereas there are certain people who have interest in a very specific thing, you know, which is perfectly fine. In a way, that's even better because you, you already know, look, I like this shit, so I'm just going to stick to learning everything about this thing, mm-hmm. you know, which is arguably an easier path mm-hmm. to success. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, to 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 do that properly, I think I don't know because you got to work, I guess, very 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 hard at just one thing, and just go to a level of depth that no one else has gone mm-hmm. in in that one thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't I could see that still being quite uh, difficult. As as you know. Oh, it's not easy. You know I, mean? mm. I I just meant it's um it's a bit more predictable. Mm. In the sense that <clears throat> you already know, you already know the topic, mm. you already know the industry, you already know, you know, what area you're interested in. Mm. 
Whereas if you don't know, if you have a lot of interest, mm-hmm. a lot of mild interests, you're like, oh, yeah. should I focus on this? Should I focus on that? Should yeah. I focus on this? Like, what should I be learning in this one? Yeah, what should yeah, I be yeah. learning in that one? Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot more figuring out to do. Whereas if you're in one industry, you're like, look, I'm going to learn everything there is to know about yeah. this one thing, you know? Yeah. So, so that, it's, it's a bit more predictable, I guess. I think I think there's, the way I see it when, when you say that, like, for example, you know, elite athletes mm. are doing one thing consistently. Mm. I think the, the problem that comes up with is they might get bored or their growth stay, stops or plateaus mm-hmm. and they got to find different ways to keep growing, essentially. Yeah. So I think there's, there's, there's difficult, many, many difficulties and, and different things on both both sides. Like you said, if it's many different things that you're interested in, where do you go? Mm. Which one do you choose? Or how do you combine all of them? It's true, man. Mm. It's neither one is easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Whichever one you go down, I think hard work is... Yeah. Is, uh, is needed. Definitely. Shall we uh, trans- transition towards the big, the big hot topic? Let's do it, man. In the money-making industry. Even even Graham Stefan is he's made a few videos on it now, on Bitcoin. Everyone's jumping Every, on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah come on, right. Everyone is jumping on it. So, for those that don't know, Bitcoin is now at fifty five, fifty six k dollars, and Ethereum just crossed crossed the two thousand dollar threshold, uh, which is insane because last year. Bitcoin was at three, four K. Ethereum was about hundred, two hundred dollars. So exponential growth in twelve months. Yeah. Hence, hence why everyone is talking about it. And mm. uh, yeah, it's the crazy thing is there's still a lot more growth left in this in this year before it, it eventually crashes as it usually does mm. and the cycle will continue as it always does more people will start to get invested i don't know if your mates start to talk about it yeah a lot of people i know already invested already invested yeah so more people are getting in i think there's still a large sub uh, sector that haven't jumped in yet but yeah, like me. <laughs> yeah, like you. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 remainers. Yeah, the remainers. <laughs> They'll jump in eventually. I just feel like it's too late to earn money from it now. And hmm. add to that the fact that because I haven't looked into it, I, I don't have too much knowledge into it. So I'm just hmm. like, look, if I've missed the boat in relative terms hmm. and I have no knowledge in it, it's kind of just like, there's no point me investing right now. Hmm. You know, like... That's just the way I see it. I'm not saying yeah. no, I'm, I, it's, it's the correct mentality, but it's I, just the way I see it. I think it's a, a, a good mentality because people that don't know about it but are getting in now will get in trouble eventually because mm. it, it will come crashing down as it always does. 80 to 90% minimum correction. Mm. And uh, people are not going to know what hit them. you know. And it's not going to be a straight you know, crash down to the bottom, it's going to be 20% drop, 5% up, 30% down, 10% up. And it's going to 
this because I've I've been in it, so I know how it's it's gonna make you think that it's not over yet, mm-hmm. and it's gonna make you think, oh no, it's gonna it's gonna come back up, it's gonna you know, and it never does, but you you know you keep putting money in, and by the end <laughs> you're fucked. So what what do you think? Um, how low do you think Bitcoin is going to fall? Where where it will be? Where where do you think the equilibrium value? Like what what do you think the equilibrium value of Bitcoin mm. is? Um. So it depends where it will lie. Maybe if it gets a hundred thousand, I think probably twenty to thirty five. Maybe give or take. I know it's, mm-hmm. that's a wide margin anyway, but um, it will correct probably eighty to ninety percent. So. Depending on how how high it goes, we'll have a more accurate figure. If it like corrected from this point right now, from like fifty five k, probably go down to like fifteen twenty. But I think twenty is probably the lowest. That's probably the equilibrium. And then is it gonna is it gonna stay at twenty, or do you think it will, you know, still continue going up? Uh, when when that big correction does come, which will probably be near the end of the year, normally how how it goes is it will stay around that number, give or take, for about a year, and then it will start the cycle again. Mm-hmm. Um, so be a good time to jump in then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that is the best time to jump in. But you know, everyone says this, but what normally happens is when it does crash. Everyone's gonna not want to touch it, you know, with a nine foot, foot pole. Um, it's gonna, mm. it's gonna look. The narrative is gonna be, it's finished. It's not gonna go back up. So mm. most people will, will not touch it. Well, that's when the smart people get in. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. That's when the smart people get in. I didn't get in at the the last bottom, but a bit, a bit higher than that. Some people who had hundred percent conviction just absolutely went all in at that point. And are very happy right now. Um, you know, even even your your main guy Elon Musk, he's mm-hmm. he's fully on board. He's changed his DP to some Bitcoin, some Bitcoin anime character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I think as time has progressed, he's become more strange in his behavior <laughs> to be honest I think previously he was a bit more tame and then yeah, like, yeah, yeah. now he's just like all out <laughs> like, he's very erratic now very erratic oh yeah because you you know you are am I correct saying you look up to him in a lot of ways uh, you know sir yeah certain in ways. a lot of ways yeah um, what is your opinion on him when he when he's looking at crypto so much the fact that he likes he seems to like crypto mm-hmm. and the tech. When he's saying that, does that give you any more of a? Does it more add any more kind of credit to to crypto in your eyes? No. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> his his um his uh, interest in crypto doesn't really increase my interest in crypto either. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I think it's just because. I get it, but it's also I. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors involved. I think one of them has to is probably due to the fact 
that contrarian thing I was talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that definitely has some sort of factor to play in it. Yeah. And the fact that Bitcoin is so hyped up right now just kind of urges me to stay away from it. Yeah. Because I'm like, if everyone's jumping in, I don't want to jump yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, Um, And aside from that, as I said, because I don't fully understand the tech behind it, mm-hmm. um, and I haven't looked into it too much, mm-hmm. He could say anything he wants about it. To it doesn't change my opinion on it. That's good. You know, like so. In that sense, I don't get influenced. Like mm. you know, he could say, as in he couldn't. He has been saying a lot of things about, you know, Dogecoin, Bitcoin, everything, on that matter, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool story. Like, it doesn't make me think, oh shit, you don't must talk my bit. I need to buy a bitcoin. I must I buy it. To, yeah, or like I need to buy Dogecoin or anything like yeah. that. Like uh, it, it doesn't happen to me. I was gonna that that kind of mentality will save you a lot. I'm sure it has saved you a lot. Um conversely, what do you think the public has been doing with him advocating for Bitcoin to, or crypto so much? I think his obviously yeah. Uh, he he's definitely got the influence to you know change markets now mm. so and as as what was it that he tweeted something and it literally increased the price like yeah. crazy you know tesla um invested or or converted some of the reserves 1.5 billion dollars mm. into bitcoin and did that shoot the price up yeah it looks like it yeah yeah so you know the, i think a lot of people definitely are impacted by those kind of things, mm. um, and I think there there would be money to be there could be money to be made from that because if you're like okay look if you stand back mm. from a third party point of view and you're like okay look this person here is highly influential, mm-hmm. and then they're tweeting this and then as a result of that you're gonna have this group of people who are not going to do their due diligence mm-hmm. and are just going to follow this person's recommendation. Mm-hmm which will result in certain movements in the market, mm-hmm. then you could capitalize on that. 100%, you know, yeah. so if you're thinking, okay, look, because of Elon Musk's tweet, Bitcoin price can go up, mm-hmm. it'll be a good time to jump in. But then to kind of counter that, you don't know what he's going to tweet until he's already tweeted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then at that point, it's kind of too late, right? Unless you have your alerts switched on <laughs> when he tweets. Yeah, these are like notifications yeah, like straight instant. in, but yeah, <laughs> you know, but you know, there there is money to be made, I guess. Yeah. But you know, that's essentially what happens in in the stock market a lot of times. Definitely, you know, definitely. J, J Powell says something, whatever moves up and down. The only thing which is easier to do with the stock market is, you know, let's say the jobless claims in the US comes out Thursday evening right how many million people claim for jobs you know that at 2 30 the next day that's when the effect will essentially happen hmm. so you can kind of see okay 2 30 mm-hmm. let's be ready for that crypto is 24 hours like mm-hmm. it's not like everyone starts at eight o'clock i'm sure there is a trend when people when the market moves but there is no predictable time where you can kind of unless like i said if you have like your alert switched on and you're watching the market, there isn't a specific time where the effect will happen, if that makes sense. So it's, yeah, it's it could different. be any time, man. You could yeah. just wake up and, 
you already missed it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, like Ethereum broke an important um, barrier two thousand overnight. Like, but who's gonna know exactly what time it's gonna make these moves? You mm, know? True. Um, you know, you know, KSI. Mm-hmm. He um, I just watched an interview, and he he's deep in crypto as well, <laughs> which is another big influencer. Mm-hmm. Good for the market, but he he said he literally put a million pounds into Bitcoin. He's a five x it in like a few months. Hmm. Deep into altcoins. When he says things like that, yeah, yeah. Now that's an opportunity to make money, you know. Yeah. Because if you think about his primary primary audience, mm-hmm. how many of them do you think are going to be well informed? You know, potential investors. Mm. Small. I mean, this is an estimate, but you know, majority of them are kids, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So if if they're old enough to like, you know, be able to buy crypto and shit, mm-hmm. 18, 19, you know, they're not gonna be like, you know, re understanding how blockchain works and you know the inherent value of Bitcoin and what the what use it provides and where it, you know conduct analysis on where it might go and <laughs> yeah. you know forecasting and all that shit in it like yeah. you know, very unlikely to be doing that in it yeah so exactly. if he's dropping things like that that's a that's a opportunity to be like yo look but then as a caveat to that I don't know if his investors or have deep pockets enough to you know cause market movements on that level yeah yeah so you know score wait and see i guess yeah definitely um well i would say again kind of what you repeated in terms of when you're seeing everyone talk about it like ksi or any influences i definitely agree with your kind of contrarian approach because you know the more this speeds up the more you know you're getting closer to the end like hmm. you know this 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 party is about to stop soon mm-hmm. you know the old saying like when when the cab driver <coughs> starts to show you coins or the you know the guy at the coffee shop starts to tell you about different cryptos to invest in this is when you sell yeah it's yeah. absolutely true or, or uh, the other one is when you hear about it when you hear about the opportunity it's already too late isn't it yeah yeah you know like yeah yeah because you got to do your, if you want to make big money, you got to do research and be ahead of the herd, mm. you know, to dump your bags on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's facts, man. You know, um, if investing is peak though, like, I, 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 I'm joking about it, but essentially that is what happens. Like, you know, the early investors dump their bags on the late, the late comers. That's what it is. Isn't yeah. that the game? That's the game. That's the game. Yeah. game. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's peak though, isn't it? It's like, look, I'm going to do this now so that in about, you know, a few months, few years' time, when yeah. everyone knows about it, I'm going to take all of your money and yeah. put it in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that's, that's life, though, isn't it? Yeah, man. Like, it's, it's, uh, I was watching this thing about hedge funds yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it was basically about how they engineer outcomes in the market. Mm. And to me, it makes perfect sense. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people find it unethical, but to me, I'm like, bro, 
that is the game and mm. you know like that is they're a business they're in the business of making money right mm. so that's what they're doing like you know you might you you could call it unethical of sorts but mm-hmm. you know I, I feel like that the game is the game isn't how, it? Like, how, how do they engineer outcomes so see this is a fundamental belief that I've had since I've had the sense right which is every single thing in the world boils down to people Right at any end, whether it's a business transaction, investing, anything comes down to people mm-hmm. and their psychology. So what hedge funds do is they will use that to engineer outcomes. So for okay, let me give you an example. Right, let's say I'm a hedge fund, and I want. Okay, so you know, have you you know what Jordan Belfort was doing? Yes. Do you know what he was doing? Like pump and dump, basically. Uh, okay yeah. so no not penny stock like pump and dump right which is basically oh, he would take company yeah no, so he would take it private yeah. he was take he would take company public yeah but he would sell he would he him and his associates would mm. buy a high stake in that company mm. then they would hype up the stock mm-hmm. pre-launch mm. and then as soon as it launches obviously the price shoots up in it because everyone's mm. like yo this stock this is, is yeah. sick and then they'll sell all of their stake, in it? Okay. Which causes the which causes the thing to crash, in it? Yeah. But they cashed out. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. what hedge funds do is something <clears throat> similar. Obviously, hedge funds can do it up or down, like you know, they can long it or short it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, they engineer outcomes by manipulating psychology. Mm-hmm. So what they can basically do is they can be like, okay, look. Because uh, you know retail investors can only invest in the opening hours, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas institutional, I believe, can invest anytime. Yeah. So what they usually do is they will be like, okay, look, the pre they will use pre market activity mm-hmm. to either cause a hype or a decline, mm-hmm. so that when the market opens, people will react a cert- in a certain manner, mm-hmm. which favors their trades. Mm-hmm. On a basic level, really. yeah, yeah, right, and then they can use many things. They can use analysts, right? So they can analysts, which is kind of a joke, because mm-hmm. analysts are hired by firms, mm-hmm. but they're meant to be independent in their valuation. Mm-hmm. But they get paid by the very people who make money from their trades, for example. Mm-hmm. So they use analysts to kind of push forward their agenda, right? So they could be like, okay, look. This guy, this analyst predicts that this company is overvalued or undervalued, right? So yeah. then people will be like, "Oh shit, this and this Goldman analyst said this." Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the analysts are getting paid by fucking Goldman, right? Who yeah. have the interest to either have that valuation go up or go down. Yeah. So then, when that information goes public, the public acts in that acts on that information. Mm-hmm. But they don't understand that the information the analysts are providing has been engineered for that specific purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. analysts, journalists, yeah. uh, other influencer type people, Yeah. you know, like stuff like that in it. So they're yeah. just engineering outcomes in a way that they can make money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it all comes down to basic, basic or basically psychology. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I've always had this belief that if you understand psychology, you can basically earn shit ton of money. 
because any transaction you're a part of on the other end is another human being Mm -hmm. you know so if you understand how they are going to react Mm -hmm. to certain piece of information Mm -hmm. is i think to control the outcome becomes relatively easier Mm -hmm. you know if i if i know that if i tell you this information you're going to react this way Mm -hmm. then i can be like okay look this is the outcome i want so what information am I going to feed you for you to react in a way that will lead to this outcome? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's manipulative, yes. But that's me basically engineering the outcome, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not going to know it, but I'm going to know it that, look, I engineered this outcome mm-hmm. for my own benefit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think banks do that, you know, hedge funds do yeah. that. You know, a lot of people do that, like... Yeah, of course. It's, it's, the, it's the name of the game, isn't it? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. literally, man in the finance sector not all hedge funds you know obviously you have like quant quant funds and yeah. you know uh, a lot of other types of funds but mm-hmm. these are the the bad boys of the hedge fund world in there basically uh, <laughs> so so not all of them do that no no not all of them these are some exceptions in there mm-hmm. like the one i was watching yesterday uh ltsm long-term lt's long-term capital manager ltcm mm-hmm was one of the first large hedge funds of its kind back in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. I think they took, what was it, $4 billion in investment, they turned it into $1.2 trillion or something crazy like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how they were doing it. They were using market manipulation tactics okay. to, you know, engineer those outcomes. Yeah. And there's a lot of other hedge funds that do that, you know, like, from that video, Ray Dalio's one is not one of them. Okay. So Bridgewater Associates is not one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are quite a few. Yeah. Um, there's another one as well. This guy is is young. This guy's a young hedge fund billionaire, isn't he? Mad. At 25 years, he he's from a, a some a, a aristocratic family. Mm-hmm. He definitely manipulates the market. Isn't and then <laughs> at 25 years old. Yeah his mentor which was some crazy other crazy finance dude mm. gave him like 25 million to start his hedge fund i think it's called tiger fund or something like that mm-hmm. and they've also been you know tiger fund actually his fund made the most money last year really literally the highest returns last year of any other hedge fund yeah you know and um a lot of these hedge fund billionaires made uh gained a lot of net worth in I'm- 2020 let's say and it's uh, legal. It's 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 legal. Yes, it's not okay. illegal. It's legal. Legal. Um, it's it's a bit of a grey area, isn't it? Yeah. But it's not illegal. Maybe. No, mar- market manipulation is obviously illegal, mm-hmm. but the way they conduct it is is legal. But maybe down the line it will become illegal. Maybe, but I, I highly doubt it. Because mm. it's like, who are the lawmakers, right? The SEC and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're mostly funded by the people they're meant to regulate. So mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know, that, like, that whole circle is insane. It's, it's, it's a bit of a stupid concept. like, But, you know, it's the same thing as the, the analysts, right? It's like mm. the people who are paying you mm. also have vested interests in the things you produce. Mm. You know, so analysts are supposed to be like kind of independent type mm. people but that's no, obviously not the case you know yeah and i think that was very made very obvious in in the the last crisis 08 or 09 like 
the the analyst or the um the people that would rate the securities, the mm-hmm. mortgage-backed securities, mm-hmm. would rate them all triple A, even though they were all like garbage. Full of trash, yeah, yeah, yeah basically, man. <laughs> so, I think um, was is S and P's in it, yeah, standard, yeah, um, yeah. standard and Poor's or something yeah, like that. Yeah, people who rate them. Yeah, these so-called official independent bodies. I would love to open up a credit agency, man. Like a credit money, rating yeah. agency. Yeah. That'd be so sick. Easy money. It's on my list, but, you know, bare bu- bureaucracy involved, bro. What, you want to set one up? Yeah, I would love to. Really? Man. Yeah, I, bro, I did bare research into how Is it, it works. It? And what, what, makes you, what makes you want to do that, set one up? So that there's no corruption of this sort, you know. But would you not, do you not think that you'd have the same issue as what they had in that if you didn't rate what they wanted they could go elsewhere yeah yeah but i think well they would they would go elsewhere well yeah they would go elsewhere but i think if you approach it in a manner that i think it's difficult and there obviously there is good money to be made in that industry and that's definitely one factor in there because like okay look if i can just rate this and they'll give me money Calm, bro. I'll drive my Lambo and shit. <laughs> but of course. On the other side, it's it's also more about, you know, conducting that business ethically, you know, because mm. your ratings do affect how whether people invest in it or not. Mm-hmm. So the way I would want to approach it is in in a purely independent manner, you know. Mm. So maybe approach it where, approach it where my revenue does not come from the companies mm. let's say yeah you know that way I, I have no vested interest in giving them a positive rating mm-hmm. i haven't thought of the business model yeah. because it's not something i can even carry out you know it's not something i can even execute right now so mm-hmm. i haven't spent too much time on it mm-hmm. but if we were just talking about you know from a psychological point of view Mm-hmm. The only way someone can corrupt your business model is if they control uh, whether you eat or not, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. So if your money does not come from them, then you have no reason to, you know, kind of favor their, rate their stocks highly, basically. Yeah. Right? So if if my, my stream of revenue was, let's say, from the public, and these public paid me, I don't know, let's say a subscription of five pounds a month for independent valuations of these credit or these financial products, and I don't get paid from the financial institutions, then I have no reason to, you know, t- I have no reason to grade them how the financial institutions would like me to grade them. Because... Mm-hmm they don't pay my bills basically mm. you know the public pays my bills so my interest lies with the public you know I, I can, for I, example yeah i could definitely see um you know if that catches fire people to look for that one truthful independent mm. source you know yeah as like, opposed to the usual corrupt you know because that's the only way man for, mm. for you to reduce corruption in any business mm. you gotta see who's feeding who in it yeah right yeah yeah 
so if you have what this is the same thing with the SEC and mm. a lot of their lobbying and funding comes from the banks and things mm. but they're the ones meant to be regulating the bank so it's like mm. look I'm feeding you so you best take care of me in it whereas if their funding came from elsewhere then I feel like they uh, there is no conflict of interest mm. in terms of them carry, carrying out their their duties as regulators right yeah totally agree yeah, I mean that's that's why the whole finance game is rigged, and like, I just saw, um, and even pol- politics, of course, naturally rigged. Like, I saw this MP. It's like one of the, one of the few black MPs, David something. Um, he <laughs> he recently uh, joined JP Morgan or something like that, and I'm like, it's it's how you know politics is rigged. Like, you know, they're not going to do anything serious to the financial corporations. Because that's where they're going to afterwards. Like, they're, ne- they're not going to... They might, you know, um, do a few laws that will seem on the surface like they're doing something, mm-hmm. you know, for the public. He joined J.P. Morgan after being an MP. Yeah. Okay. Why is that then? Like, get, what get paid, was... isn't it? Yeah, but what can he provide to the bank, though? I mean, I think that's... It's is quite... it the political connections, maybe? Potentially. I mean, I, think I quite... personally think MPs are dominant. So yeah. I don't know what, what he would provide to the bank. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Obviously, that's he... a generalization. But yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're scam artists. Um, I think he was quite high up. He was um, potentially gonna. He was a candidate to be either the lay the leader of the Labour Party, or mm-hmm. I, I think he was that, not prime minister. But in terms of what they provide for banks could be connections could be anything but i know that it is a natural route for mps and people in politics to go to the private sector like you know you have people from politics going to lead newspapers and do all these different roles be be on the board of this bank mm. be on the board of that bank mm. like same as you I, I don't know what what they're doing there yeah but it it's is very interesting i think it's definitely a case of when they're in office, they make sure to scratch their back, and then when they leave, don't worry, we got you. Here's a nice five hundred k salary for your hard work. Hmm. You can have any position you want. Ah, uh, uh, I get you. you know oh, I mean? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah I get yeah, you. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. It's Thank like you. a honorary type position. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, you you're working for us indirectly while you're yeah. in parliament. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, exactly. I understand. That's, this happens all the time, and like you said, that's why. Cause, cause um the politicians again will get paid by the private sector eventually. Mm. They're never gonna do anything. Even it could be even just to not um bring out laws that will fuck them up. Mm. That could be also something. Oh, well, I learned something similar actually. Yeah. So have you heard about you know you know Deloitte? Yeah. You're right. So just the other day, Deloitte's restructuring branch. Mm-hmm uh was sold to another company i i I forgot the name now Mm -hmm. of the other company but it's basically a management consulting firm Mm -hmm. and they bought deloitte's restructuring arm Mm -hmm. Um, and i think kpmg's restructuring arm is also for sale currently right um but, but that company that bought deloitte's restructuring arm that firm management consulting firm the people who started it they were they were basically 
the right hand men to the Bill Clinton government for right. and and the campaign for a very very long time. Right. Right. And then um, when when they did all of that, then they set up their management consultancy. This was. Bear in mind, their management consultancy was set up in the late 2000s, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Which, if you compare it to other management consulting firms like McKinsey, Bain & Co., mm. right? McKinsey was started in the 1920s, right? Mm. So these are all heritage-type firms. Mm-hmm. And then this this management consultancy in the late 2000s mm-hmm. has offices worldwide, like it's doing billions in revenue, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Why? Because of their connection to the Clintons, yeah, and you know, even when Hillary, Hillary Clinton was doing her thing, mm-hmm. they got the guy on board, didn't it? Because because of their connection to the family, mm-hmm. and I guess a lot of their business comes due to their connection to the family, mm-hmm. which is a nuts, bro. Like, you know, you you start a management consultancy and do a few billion in revenue, yeah. In you know a de- in sure. just around a decade, which yeah, is yeah. that's crazy growth, bro. In a decade, Same, yeah. like <laughs> this management consultancy is is newer than Amazon, right? It's not, right. you know, like it's around the time that Facebook was in created, you know, and that that's not, bro. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I guess that well. political influence does play a huge, huge role. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's insane, man. Absolutely insane. That's that's why when I when I look at politics, finance, so it's it's all it's all a mirage, all a fake. Hmm. You know, I I do see the industry in that manner. To be honest, mm. like it's the same with me. It's the same with the investment banks and shit. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like they don't add anything of value. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of like middlemen, just you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. When you say investment banks, like the ones which will invest for high high net worth individuals, or no, because the, the, the a lot of functions of investment banks is taking companies public, okay. mergers and acquisitions, yeah, uh, like stuff like that. And mm. they they basically <laughs> they do all. all all of the the bureaucratic paperwork type mm-hmm. things, right? Mm-hmm. But so, they're not creating anything, you know. They're not creating anything. Yeah. Like, they're just like, yo, look, you want to do this, we'll help you. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> you want to yeah. do this, we'll help you. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, they're, yeah. Well, they're obviously all service based businesses, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but that's the thing, man. That's the whole, that's the thing with you know management consulting. It's like you know mm-hmm. recently. I'm doing a lot of research into management consulting as well, mm-hmm. just because I'm interested in that field. Yeah. Um, and the way these firms work, from what I've read, obviously, you know, I, don't, I haven't worked in one yet, so I can't can you, say for sure. Can you just explain exactly what a management consultant agency does? Yeah, sure. Mm. So a management consultancy is a firm that businesses would hire, mm. who would then come in, they will look at your business, and depending on what you want, they will help you identify opportunities or create efficiencies in your business mm, okay. uh, and stuff like that. Right. Oh yeah. Um, that's basically what they do, and so mm-hmm. it's also also a service service industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely a re- results based. You know, you got. Mm, no, Isn't that's that? the thing. Management wow. consultancies, a lot of them, 
they will come in, they will send their consultants, they'll do the research, the planning, mm. but the implementation is up to the company. Uh, so they'll come, they'll be like, hey, we're high, you, mm. our rates are 200 grand, let's say. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So they'll come, they'll do their research, they'll give you a, a 200 page document, be like, here you go, safe, we're done. You know? safe. That's it. Safe. And then it's up to the company to do the implementation. That's not true with all of them because yeah. a lot of consultancies do do provide the implementation as well yeah but you know more traditionally that's what management consultancies do yeah um and i know this because i was uh reading about or listening to a lot of ex-management consultants mm -hmm. and they were like what they didn't like is they spent a lot of time doing a lot of this research and stuff mm -hmm. but they never got to see it in action like they mm -hmm. never got to they were not part of the implementation process mm -hmm. So they did this. They were like, "Yo, this idea, this idea, this, that, that," but they, 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 they were never part of the process where that actually their recommendations actually came to fruition. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. So they didn't like that about the industry. Would 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 that be another team that sorts out, or would it be the company itself? That it depends. The... I, okay. I I do believe they do have implementation teams, mm. but a lot of times it might just be the company that's just like you know, takes the responsibility I, for the implementation. I do actually remember in, in, in the previous company that I worked for, the council, they, they had a management agency that came in, did something like that. And what they would do, if I remember correctly, is they would nominate a few champions in, let's say, each department that have to kind of carry that forward and try to implement it and make sure people mm -hmm. are doing it on a you know, weekly And these basis. people work for the council, yeah? Yeah, they would work. So they yeah, don't yeah. work for the nah. M agency. Okay. I think they, they would talk. They'd have a small group that would teach them uh, a little mm. bit more how to implement it, and then, then the management agency uh, consultant company would leave, and the champions would carry on, mm. um, try to implement it. Yeah, basically, yeah. you know. So, so, it's not so. Yeah, so, so you were looking into this. Yeah, I was looking into the industry, you know, because mm -hmm. I think I was looking into where my interests are. Mm -hmm. And I think business slash management consulting are where my where my interests are. Because mm -hmm. I do like doing a lot of research around business mm -hmm. and how to improve their processes or efficiencies. Obviously, when you're doing processes and stuff, that's that could fall under operational operations and stuff like that as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just consulting in general is something that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm reading a few books on it right now, mm -hmm. you know, learning about the industry, you know, mm -hmm. maybe start on our own, you know, never know. Yeah, why not? Why not, man? <laughs> start on own. MCU. I can, I can definitely see, uh, see you ex excelling that. I think the thing is, I would actually like to do that in like, I do really enjoy it. Mm. And I did hear someone say, do something you would do for free. Mm. And, bruv, I do free research all the time. I just spend <laughs> my whole time doing research and yeah, it's yeah, yeah. for no reason whatsoever because I don't really get anything out of it. I'm just like, oh, this is interesting. Let me find out about this company. Oh, yeah. this is interesting. Let me find out about this company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just always doing research, and you know? so I'm like, listen, if I'm gonna do that, why don't I get paid for it? So, <laughs> <laughs> so might as well get paid for it. Yeah, so definitely an avenue I'm considering. Yeah. Could you imagine doing um as well as business analyst? 
if you had a business analyst. Mm, yeah, that's how you start out. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. there you go. It's, it sounded similar. Carry yeah. like a project. Yeah, why not, project. man? Yeah. For sure. It would be good to get that experience, you know. Mm-hmm. So definitely something I am considering. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my, my obviously my goal is entrepreneurship, but yeah. I am happy to pursue that as a, let's say, a temp temporary career maybe one year or two years for example yeah. yeah i mean even even as you gain more experience in entrepreneurship and business you know someone yeah you could, could they work hand in hand isn't it? yeah exactly because um obviously right now i have experience in small business mm-hmm. if i go work in a consultancy firm mm. i'll have experience in big business mm. Right, then that it's kind of makes you an all rounder, isn't it? Mm. Uh, in in that consulting sense, yeah. So it'll be quite sick. Yeah, exactly. But it, it depends. I'm gonna try try for it. And it would be sick is as your business grows, you know, you could easily say to someone, "Oh, look, hire me. Here's my CV. I made this much. Yeah, I've charged twenty grand per hour." <laughs> 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 no definitely man like i think that's definitely a business i am considering like starting mm. like a consultancy firm yeah um obviously not for like big businesses but for small businesses because mm-hmm. i feel i have enough understanding and experience to be able to advise on mm. on that on that in it yeah yeah definitely you know? Obviously, I'm normally advising like a L'Oreal or something, <laughs> but you know, you know they, maybe they, in a few years, isn't it? They could use uh, someone who thinks different, isn't it? True. Got shit ads in that. True. True. You see, um, one of the worst, um, ads, or kind of movements or thinking was this Gillette ad that came out maybe a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. In, in in the sense that the misalignment with how you how the customers thought to what they actually the ad they produced was crazy. So Gillette, most people most customers are men. Yeah, most people know that. And uh, the ad they they went with was an ad that essentially insulted men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they insulted the nature of men, uh, and said you guys are doing a bad job you should be like this and they it was enormous backlash like there was massive campaigns that said stop using Gillette use this other brand instead and I'm thinking what and and it, it later came out that or even at the time the the people that they chose to go with were were feminists like they were like you know big feminists so yeah, so you know they ch- uh, they chose to go with completely different uh, thinking with their ads. Or something like. I think I think hmm, I think the execution was poor, but I think what they're doing, what they did, was quite quite common. Uh, okay, which yeah. is targeting women rather than men, because uh, women do most of the shopping yeah, according yeah. to surveys, right? Yeah. So it would make sense to target women and say, look, buy this for your man, innit? Yeah, yeah. Rather than targeting men saying, buy this for yourself. Yeah. And I think someone who pioneered this was 
Old Spice. Have you seen uh, the Old yeah, Spice yeah. advert? With the, 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 the black guy. Well, yeah, the with the black guy. He's like, yeah. look at your man. Now yeah. look at me. Look at your man. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> Best ad of all yeah. time. Man. The thing is, right, I yeah. think they're, they're using the ad again because I'm pretty sure I saw it again on YouTube, innit? Yeah, I saw something similar. Um, well, Old Spice are doing it again. Yeah, Old Spice. They're, doing, they're using the exact same advert again, innit? I mean, it works. But it, yeah, so, yeah. you know, I think what they're doing is kind of smart, but, you know, they're... I guess the execution was quite poor. <laughs> poor is an understatement. I mean, if if your customers now hate you, <laughs> you did a bad job. Um, but I mean, the old spice would say that that was targeted towards women yeah. to buy for their man. Yeah, for their man. Yeah, so their man smells good. Yeah, basically. And I, I'm, I'm guessing it, it did quite well, weren't it? Because they had the ad on for time. Probably. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they're still using it like five years later. <laughs> exactly. I must say something about that. Yeah, no, it was very, it was executed very bad. I mean, don't they have the like focus groups where? Well, I guess if the focus group is women, then women are like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, true. <laughs> best, true. Best. And what they say in ask dumb questions. No, what is the saying? Play stupid games, play earn stupid prizes. So I guess that's that. Uh, can you apply to questions as well and ask yeah. dumb questions get dumb answers yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I mean you know it's a big big brand so you definitely use your thinking man you know it's, if you were on the panel you'd be like what the fuck <laughs> is this <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there were guys on the panel but you know just they were like listen bro we're not listening to you <laughs> we're not listening to these man over here uh, now marketing is uh, you know it can be hit or miss I guess yeah because you want to be unique and mm. out there as well yeah definitely so sometimes I guess you push too far yeah it's true I mean if if they maybe stepped it down obviously it's hard to measure that but it would be a viral moment and you know that would be good attention in it mm. like there's many ads that are just controversial and just create a lot of hype behind a certain brand you know and that that could be used in a positive way but if the controversial is if, you know going back overly against, controversial yeah overly it's like yeah. works towards against you in it yeah exactly um mm. so uh no that that ad was insane i think there's been quite a few i mean it happens fairly frequently right just to yeah. have really dumb marketing campaigns in it yeah yeah that's the fact of life. It's it's um, it would be sick for, for your competitors though, because I'm sure all the competitors really benefit from that shit ad because all the men that campaigned saying that we're never gonna use Jedi again, hmm. they're gonna look at another company. Yeah, Nivea probably They could easily capitalize and say, you know, they could even make an ad to to bash that. You know, we're proper men. We don't do that shit. Hmm. Um, so there, there lies there. There would lie an opportunity for the other company to capitalize, take advantage of of all that hype, bring it towards you. Facts, man. I got mm. a question for you actually. Yeah. Which is uh, different to what we're talking about. Yeah. But what do you think about minimum wage? What are your opinions on minimum wage? My opinion used to be, I guess, the common opinion, which is it should be higher or 
it's good um, because it does, you know, provide a standard for for getting paid. So mm-hmm. you can actually afford to live on on a minimum wage. Um, but since I I was watching this guy, was named Thomas Sowell. He had a different opinion on it. It's not even an opinion; it's facts because he's 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 the facts man. And he looked at surveys about minimum wage, and he said like. Before there was minimum wage where there was no minimum, a lot of people were employed. A lot more people were, were employed because companies could afford to give mm-hmm. lower wages for smaller tasks as well. Uh, and it provided, it was actually positive impact on, on the population because more people were, were employed. And obviously if you're employed, you're, you're doing something, you're saving up, you're doing whatever. And it provides you a stepping stone to get, to other places as opposed to if companies just can't employ anyone else then well you're just going to be at home unemployed for for you know younger people and people that don't have a lot of skills so i think contrary to i guess popular belief minimum wage does doesn't actually help the entire population Mm -hmm. so it would help to not have that um yeah i think it would be better to not have it What's your opinion? I think I agree with you, man. Mm. Because um, the way I think about it is, you know, minimum wage, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about who it impacts the most, it's the small businesses. Mm. Because first of all, majority of companies, majority of businesses in any given country are small businesses, right? In mm-hmm. the UK, I think. 98% of private sector employees are employed by small businesses, mm-hmm. right? Large companies exist, but they do not make up a large proportion of employment. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think about it, right, if you increase minimum wage, and I think what a lot of people think is, are oh, these big corporations are taking advantage of better people, mm. blah, 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 right? So you should increase minimum wage. Mm-hmm. But think about it this way. Amazon, Facebook, Google, whatever it is, you increase the minimum wage. How many people in their employment are earning minimum wage? Mm-hmm. You know, they're not. Google software engineers are not earning <laughs> flipping $9 an hour. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Definitely. Right? Majority of employees in Amazon are not earning minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Right? They're paying their employees more anyway. Mm-hmm. So who's the most impacted? It's the small businesses. Because now instead of them being able to hire two, three people, if you increase it, they can only hire one person. Exactly. You know, like, so their their costs go up, their margins go down. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? They either got to increase their prices, right? So mm-hmm. let's say you have you own a corner shop. Next to you is a, is a Tesco. Mm-hmm. You have a little corner shop. You said that you say you sell similar things. Mm-hmm. You sell milk for X amount of money, for example. Tesco can undercut you 100%. They can undercut you, mm-hmm. right? But because you can compete with them on price or a similar level, mm-hmm. people are like, all right, look, I'm I'm all right with buying it from the corner shop, you know? Support small businesses, blah, blah. Yeah. You increase minimum wage to, uh, right now is £8.72. You increase it to like £10, £12. Like, you know, in America, they want to increase it to $15, mm-hmm. isn't it? Right I now, it's... It's a, I don't know what it is right now, but it's below 10, I think. Mm-hmm. 
they would increase fifteen dollars, right, bruv? That corner shop cannot I, I cannot sell that milk at the same price as a Walmart, for example, anymore, mm. right? They mm-hmm. gotta increase their prices. Mm-hmm. Now if 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 that milk was previously three dollars and now it's four dollars and Walmart is selling it for three dollars still, you're not gonna pay an extra dollar every time you uh, you want milk, can it? Yeah. Cause then you're you're paying so much more, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens? People go stop going to the small shop. Yeah. Right? And you push more business towards Walmart and these small businesses die out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and then what happens? That small business goes, all those people will lose employment now. Yeah. Right? Now yeah. imagine that on a larger scale where 98% of employment comes from small businesses. What happens? You get more unemployment. Yeah. You know? Now, would you rather be unemployed or be earning like eight dollars let's say instead of the 15 mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like i think it's it's a bit counterproductive i think the intentions are good but it's it's very counterproductive in this because the impacts it has are kind of not well understood by the people who are yeah. calling for an increase in minimum wage yeah and if you think about the countries who have the highest minimum wage australia um, there's a few other countries and from what is seen these are all highly socialist yeah, countries yeah, yeah, that yeah. tend to have high minimum wages yeah you know so yeah. I don't know like how how well it works to be honest the, the peak part is like you said it's um, it's pushed by a lot of people with well intentions but it does the exact opposite of what they want mm. You know, it actually gets more people out of jobs, ultimately. So people, you know, lose out in the end. But I do wonder, do, you, like, governments know this? Like, because they have all the facts or all the data, historical data. Mm-hmm. Do they know that a higher um, minimum wage actually, you know, reduces or increases unemployment in the end? Or um, I'm know? pretty sure they do. But I think they probably push for it so that they can get votes and get elected. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because <know? laughs> like, yeah. it's the people who vote at the end of the day, yeah, right? Yeah. And if 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 your majority, if your voter base is like, yo, we want higher higher minimum wage, yeah. And obviously, they don't know the impacts. Mm-hmm. You're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, and it? it's like yeah. you want to get into power. Yeah. But you can't get into power unless you do these things that these uninformed people are asking for. <laughs> so it's like, okay, what you know, do, you, do you choose the economy or do you choose the people? Like hmm. that is very peak, you know. What would you do in that situation? I would I would say I'm gonna increase it. <laughs> get elected. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck you, man. <laughs> I'm doing this for you. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I know more about the economy than you lot. You fucking Karen with no formal education. Listen, I understand the economy more and so just shut the fuck shut up. The fuck up. Yeah. Would, yeah. You, would you say that in your winning speech? <laughs> I would love to say that in a winning speech. Imagine, you know, let's say crowd. 20,000 people, whatever, 10,000, and you just win. Listen, you fucking idiot. <laughs> what I'm about to say. <laughs> it's going to piss you off, but I'm doing this for you. 
I think that would be very divisive, but you are going to get some hardcore fans as well from doing yeah. that. Some. Some, yeah. So, yeah, some all... The, the socialists, though, they would fucking eat you alive. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're, they would they would just do that over anything. So it's mm. like, is it even important anymore? Like, the, <laughs> you know? The thing is, I think it used to be less, but now the socialists control social media. Yeah. I mean, if you're... Even, again, regardless of how divisive and how much of an imbecile Trump is, mm. you can ban Trump from the platform, mm-hmm. anyone can get banned. Yeah, you know I mean, so if you say that, if you say that in your speech, you're getting banned from everything. Social media is very <laughs> left, left socialist type, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, there was a platform that was uh, more right wing. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear about it? And yeah. then that got banned as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they took it. They took it out from the app store and everything, yeah. bro. And it's Bam, like they- Amazon. Cancelled their their backend services. Yeah. So I was like, oh, raw, bro, why? <laughs> That's so That's deep, how bro. Far they went. To That's just fucking it. bullying, bro. Absolutely, man. That, That's so nuts, man. They have full control of the platforms of the mm. the landscape. So you say anything remotely anti-left or right-wing, you're you're coming against it. Yeah, basically. It's crazy, isn't it? What would you, where which side would you lean towards in your mentality? I think I'm in the middle, to be honest. Mm. But I'm I'm a bit less socialist and a bit more capitalist, I guess. Mm. Um, but I think both of them have. <clears throat> the thing is, right? They both exist on certain principles, and they mm. both have rationale behind their principles. Mm. But I think going to either extreme is not productive. Yeah. You do need to be somewhat in the middle. Yeah, definitely agree. But I think right now we're leaning more towards the left, mm. which is a big problem because... Now, I don't mean it in the UK because I, 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 I don't think I condone the conservative government, to be honest, because mm-hmm. they're kind of stupid as well. But are, they, are they left? No, conservative or right yeah. wings, oh, okay. and then yeah, Labour yeah. is left. Yeah. So the ideal scenario should be Lib Dems should be like, you know, the ones who are completely on point, but you know mm. they're like nowhere to be found basically. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it's kind of tough, man. Like either way, everyone, the right wing, care about themselves only, mm-hmm. and then the left wings care just about the people like which in a way is just themselves basically yeah. you know what i'm saying so everyone yeah. is out to look out for their own interests but no yeah. one is out there to look out for the general interest of everyone mm-hmm. which i agree is extremely tough very 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 tough and it's very easy for people to not be in that situation be like oh you're dumb you're this you're that mm. and i completely understand and you know, i'm not saying it's an easy thing to run a country no no way in hell right mm-hmm. but i think there there needs to be some sort of coherency in your actions in it mm. like if you're the conservative government and you spend like x amount of billions on an app that doesn't work like mm. that's you know that's heavy misallocation of resources in it yeah yeah 
you know, like stuff like that, which I think is completely avoidable. And any rational person will be like, bruv, what the fuck? Like, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? And then, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's tough, man. Like, it's very, very tough. Um, I think part of it kind of going to, into the psychology realm is to do with like, was it group psychology? Hmm. Group think, yeah. Group, th- yeah, group thinking, like, even though that kind of extreme left or the extreme right they essentially think the same way like you just said the right the right wing essentially thinks more about themselves uh and then the left wing thinks about other people but in a way they don't think about their own group so it's only themselves yeah yeah 100 but if they just kind of rose above their group mental group thinking group psychology and where i'm left you're right so we i don't like you Mm. then they would see actually you know we actually think almost the same Hmm. In in you know, a weird way, so um, it's, it's group psychology really um, does play uh, play a part in this. Yeah, definitely, I mean? man. But I think I think it's because their their fundamental beliefs are different as well, and mm. like I agreed that both of them are just pushing their own personal agenda. Mm. But it's a bit weird because you have the left who are like everything should be government controlled mm. and equal for everyone where mm. com- compared to the right which is co- compared to full right and i'm not saying conservative right i'm saying full extreme full-on capitalist right yeah which says everything should be private mm. and the market should dictate everything mm. and um, and then they act uh, put in policies which fit that fit those needs essentially right mm-hmm. so if you have a left-wing government they'll push more towards you know higher taxes mm-hmm. you know uh, the the pu- pu- making everything public so nhs everything public right mm-hmm. whereas you have the right wing who are like lower the taxes mm-hmm. and then make everything private mm-hmm. you know i don't know which philosophy is completely correct and i don't think there is one that is completely correct Mm -hmm. because we've already seen communism you know and socialism like attempted in many countries and it's never worked yeah but then you also have stuff like capitalism which in america well Generally, America is meant to be the most capitalist thing there is, right? Mm-hmm. Not anymore, but I, mm. and even that, you know, doesn't work all of the time. Mm. So it's like, okay, there, there is no, the right answer doesn't lie in the extremes, yeah. is what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, yeah, you need a mixture true, of yeah. both. But it's like, you, there, there's no perfect middle. So where, where kind of, where, where do you, you know where do you stand like mm. any type of policy you make you're always gonna have the other group that's like yo what are you doing like mm. why are you doing this like if you if you reduce the taxes then we're like oh you these rich people not paying taxes <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. if you increase the taxes the rich people are like what like yeah, why am i yeah. paying for this guy's you know, this guy's life basically yeah, you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah. so it's always like there's gonna be people yeah, exactly there's always gonna be like that it's only one solution to this yeah Mm. dictatorship (laughs) listen shut the fuck up shut the fuck up everyone shut the fuck up everyone shut the fuck up that's (laughs) it it's the only solution bro I'm like 
yeah. You know, China, bro. Look, you're a billionaire or you're poor. Don't matter, bro. We can take you anytime. <laughs> <laughs> you're 10 billion. Don't matter, G. You're getting you're kidnapped getting tomorrow. Kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put you in prison and there's nothing you can do about it. Listen. You want to escape to America? No problem, bro. <laughs> We're going to find you in America and bring you back to China. In it. Listen, you know what? Seems to be working for them. <laughs> Seems to be, yeah, exactly. Like when you're on a large population, right? Yeah. If you start asking everyone's opinion, it's never gonna work, is it? Yeah. You're always yeah. gonna have an unhappy party. Like you, you just got, you know, dictate by force, isn't it? Literally. <laughs> <laughs> like kill a couple hundred thousand. Yeah, but... like, it does go against a lot of human rights, <laughs> but you know, like that's the only way to. Yeah. If you ask for everyone's opinion, no one's going to have a coherent opinion, right? Yeah. Especially now with the device politics that people actually play. Mm. I mean, if in a way, if this kind of government worked efficiently, pr- properly, in a sense that when I think about the system, you have MPs that are supposed to represent your towns. That makes sense in a way. You know, if they truly represent the town, their interests, and then they will actually voice the opinion of the people to the higher government and it kind of trickles up. Mm-hmm. That should work, essentially, because that's... Cause that, I'm thinking about kind of smaller countries, like my country, where they have similar systems. You have, like, an elder, you know, who's more wise and kind of listen to the people, and then with all that information, they would kind of make decisions. That in principle should work but again as we've mentioned before the bigger the country or the population mm. the, the more difficult that becomes yeah with scale it just becomes very hard isn't it? yeah yeah like yeah, i guess there's so there's so many like personal interests at play yeah and it's especially prevalent in politics isn't it because mm. if you if you think about how it how the system is set up Mm. Let's say I'm an MP for the, you know, Ilf- Redbridge, mm. Ilford, right? Mm. Okay, so Ilford primarily is a, is left, left, mm. right? It's generally a Labour, we have, I think we do have a Labour MP mm. in power, right? Okay, calm. But then I'm in a Conservative government, mm. right? So now if I were, uh, I'm not too sure on how the government's policies work, because... Mm-hmm. To be honest, I try to avoid politics as much as possible. Mm. But if you just think about politics in general, the way it works is you need a majority to get something passed, right? Mm -hmm. So now you're a Labour MP, but if you need to get something passed, you need to get other people involved as well. Mm. So you might, they might be like, look, if you, if you vote for me for this, I'll vote for you for this, right? Mm -hmm. And then these rules obviously affect the whole country as a whole, right? Mm. So you might vote for a certain policy which might negatively impact your own constituents, Yeah. but you have to do it so that you have, in the future, you can earn that favour from that MP, for example, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's just game of politics, and you just yeah, have so yeah. many people's interests that you got to look out for that you're just, yeah. you just can't do it. Like, it's just it's not possible, difficult. isn't it? There's, there is no right answer. There's always going to be someone whose interests are not going to be catered for mm-hmm. and then you add into that people's personal interests so let's say i'm a labor mp here i want to 
you know, run for mayor of London or I want to run for prime minister. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start kissing asses here and there. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can work my way up. So it's, it's like, okay, like, how's that going to work, bro? Like, it's very best believe if I want to become a prime minister, it's like your constituents are kind of like, here yeah, yeah. <laughs> on your priority level <laughs> uh, exactly you know I mean? yeah and and in politics they have their own agendas as well isn't it? yeah like, exactly like they're not for the people 90 percent of the man i would say what, what do you think about if in the uk we adopted a similar system to america where i believe the state governors have they can apply more of their own rules is that correct? Or is that wrong? <clears throat> so you mean on a state level, yeah? Yeah, you have more okay. control to do your mm-hmm. own thing. Is that, is, is that correct? Uh, you could attempt that, but I think in the UK is just too small and uh, for that to happen. I mean, like like if you had like Redbridge, MP of Redbridge would do his thing. But then yeah. I think uh, the thing is, okay, well... well to go with the example, right? Mm-hmm. How much control would you give them in terms of what kind of rules can they actually make for their own mm. um, council? Uh, I mean, I guess if you can America, like, could be things like taxes. Okay, so taxes, right? Mm-hmm. So income tax, corporation tax, all of those? Yeah. Okay, so what about when you want to do business with people in other councils so if you're, if you're in redbridge you want to do business somewhere in newham but had they have different tax policies mm-hmm. so that's just added bureaucracy yeah, I guess, there right I, I guess um county, counties would be too small maybe cities and cities like you know london Birmingham. But how do, how do you define cities how that like, because cities don't have like borders they don't have borders in well like Oh, they'd have to make them, didn't it? Like Birmingham. Have to make borders, okay. B- Birmingham. How, how, where, where would the border be for, like, Birmingham? Is there not, you know? I don't think they have one, because, um, I mean, you have, like, loose, loose borders, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There's no, like, strict borders, right? Like, for example, you could say the M25 is the border of London, right? Mm-hmm. So anything outside M25 is not London. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't strictly work like that, you know. The way is it? You're saying it's a bit loose. It is, is loose, yeah. Because um, there it's not it's not like a hard border, and you know, like mm-hmm. to have M25 as border of London. It's mm-hmm. just it's just like that, right? Because mm-hmm. you could also say, okay, look, the North Circular is, you know, the border for London as well, mm-hmm. right? Like the actual London and everything outside is not London mm-hmm. but then now they made it greater London so even outside the North Circular mm-hmm. or the South Circular you're still in London right mm-hmm. so it's just like they're not they're no there's no strict borders in mm-hmm. it so it's hard to enforce laws if there are no hard borders because it's like if I live here my business is operating at this address mm-hmm. am I in London or not we don't I guess know. I guess for that for this example, then we, that, that they'd have to make it solid. What part is London? What part is the next city? Yeah, and that's kind of tough. And I think for you to split up the whole country again, 
mm-hmm. into you know cities and bearing in mind there are not that many large cities in the, in the uk right you mm-hmm. just have you have london birmingham manchester liverpool and then some upcoming ones right like mm-hmm. uh, like leicester as well leeds uh leeds mm-hmm. you know and these are comparatively very small cities you know like mm-hmm. nottingham as well right mm-hmm. nottingham is a city but it's fucking tiny bruv like yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Um, if you compare it to london it's like extremely small isn't it yeah, yeah. so if you do it by counties that would be easier because the whole country has already been split up into counties mm-hmm. but then I feel like if you do that it makes just conducting operations a lot more complex isn't it it's too many counties um, it's not even that it's like if you're trying to do business somewhere cross county you got to learn new reg. okay think about it this way right Let's say you own a shop, you own a restaurant, right? I have a restaurant in Ilford. I have a restaurant in West London, mm-hmm. Wembley, two different counties. <clears throat> I pay corporation tax of 5% in Redbridge, uh, in Essex, sorry. And I pay 17% corporation tax in whatever county they're in, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so how does that work on an accounting level? Mm. Do, you, do you split up the revenue like for both and then pay 17% on the earnings of that restaurant and 5% on this restaurant? Mm-hmm. Or do you just base it on your one registered branch company mm. and then just pay where it's registered? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, just, when it comes to like tax and stuff, it makes it bare complex. It would, it would complicate it, but I'm sure, you know, in America, you know, where they have different taxes and. Mm-hmm different states although those states are a lot bigger mm-hmm. where you know this shop would just maybe just be in this state but where shops are located like in different states like you said maybe it is the one headquarters is, is the it's the tax capital is, yeah, tax i think capital. they do, do do it that way in america yeah. mm. um and and then <laughs> you'd probably get an influx of companies into the into that area yeah, yeah. into the yeah. area i think um you know when you're doing startups yeah if you look at it, most of them will be registered in Delaware. Ah, right, I've, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, so the, the Delaware C Corps or S Corps, I think yeah. either of them, mm-hmm. extremely common in there. Yeah. Do you know why? Because Delaware's corp- corporate law is extremely well defined or established mm-hmm. um, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it just makes sense to register your company there, and yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I guess something similar would happen as well, mm. you know. But then what that would mean is it would encourage competition between between the counties between the counties, yeah, which would be good, but it would also reduce the cooperation in a certain sense, right? Yeah, um, which might have some negative effects as well. Yeah, I'm you sure. know, kind of hard to tell, but yeah. you know. Some... It's, it's worth an attempt i would say definitely worth an attempt yeah but definitely i mean i think to implement that would be just be so costly in it of course i don't think they would they, they do would that. approach it in that manner yeah yeah because they would have to set up their whole tax collection system differently right mm-hmm. the whole ca- all, all the counties will have to develop new departments new mm. regulations like that'd be such a massive project yeah like new legislation for their own county yeah and other other things like 
about like import export rates yeah you know like what about vat like you know Mm. know i'm saying like so many things that go into it it's like ramen and i think um you know the the way america was set up they were they're a republic i believe so like all mm. these different states were essentially like their own countries. Independent, yeah. yeah independent. So yeah, they yeah. started like that from the beginning. So it makes sense that they carried on like that. Mm. The UK was one government, wasn't it? was one mm. ruled. And so the tax uh, started like this. In in America, though, I think, if I remember correctly, some, some taxes are like not, I don't know, some taxes are like not real taxes. They, it's like... There's something in the fine print where it says, um, like these these taxes, this particular tax, is not uh, constitutional. Something like that, and there was like some people that actually gained the system. Like they sued the government, saying we don't have to pay this tax. This is like, have you heard of this? I haven't heard of it, but I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like it does. Which sort is, of makes sense in it. Which is very interesting. One one thing I saw on on the news as well regarding UK tax, it's it's apparently the uh, the chancellor was the exchequer, the guy who's in charge of the money mm-hmm. in the UK is looking to increase corporation tax by potentially one basis point from twenty percent to twenty three point five percent. And uh, yeah, that's fucking bears, bro. Yeah. 23%. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's supposed to be coming up in, in the March budget um, to help recover from the COVID mm. pandemic, uh, which is obviously annoying. Um, and potentially, this could be like the beginning of an increase in corporation tax. Hopefully, not. Yeah. Um, I think I think this was expected by everyone, and they probably will increase more taxes. I think the only the only people who didn't ex- expect it were the people who thought it was free money that were getting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. It's and and they also met, I mean, this, of course, businesses are going to be like, this is BS. You know, yep. this, this starts to hurt revenue. Um, and it will impact impact businesses going forward yeah massively yeah. man yeah um, i need to look into offshore shell companies <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not that my business is some highly profitable business but still in it i'd rather pay no tax if possible yeah exactly but i imagine there's going to be a lot more shell companies popping up soon <laughs> yeah <laughs> i gotta give it to the government though or the hmrc right mm. I know I shit on the government all the time and I think I just don't like them in it. Mm. But you gotta give it to them. When it comes to your furlough money and stuff, yeah, mm. bruv, they're on fucking point, mate. Mm. Can you imagine like setting up setting like can you imagine the infrastructure and the logistics behind paying money to people? Mm every single month to their bank accounts on a specific date in it mm-hmm. like just the work the amount of work that went into that is just nuts bro yeah and you right. go you definitely gotta respect that that sort of thing in it even in america i don't know how their system works but for a government to be able to organize that mm-hmm. for such a large number of population mm-hmm. 
it says nuts, man. Like, I'm just like, raw. that's so crazy, bro. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, that's actually mad. They they did it real quick, man. Um, and it'll probably be quicker once they release their central bank digital currencies. Mm. Into your account. True. And take it just as quick. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you can be like, oh, no, I don't have money for tax. Oh, is it? Are you sure, mate? Like, <laughs> in, our, in our account, it shows that you have this much money in it. Like, yeah. No That's hiding, it, man. Then, bro. No hiding. Absolutely. Then. No hiding. They were like, okay, let me just freeze your account. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need it. No, I don't know how I feel about that, bro. I mean, that's where we're heading. It's a peak, isn't it? But to caveat that, right? You always have people who figure out a way around it. Yeah. Always. You know, it's calm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 100%. You got to trust people's ability to be corrupt and commit fraud. (laughs) (laughs) And that's... That's just as prevalent as death and taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always have people who want to game the system. 100%. Um, always. There's going to be people that will rebel. You know, we've got to love those people. And yeah. arguably, you know, in a technological age, it's arguably even easier. Okay, yeah. Arguably. Why would you say that? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely because, um, argument for that. So, have you seen the movie? You Can't Catch Me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Frank Abagnale. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Have you seen his interview? Hi, I saw a bit of it. I'm it's a bit long, bro. It's very yeah, long. it is very, very long, yeah. So he did a... He, actually, it wasn't an interview. It was just speech, you know? Yeah. At Google, right? Mm. Someone asked him a question at the end. He was like, if you were to... If you were to commit what you did back then, mm. now... Do you think it will be easier or harder? He was like, oh, it will be so much easier. Really? He was like, it will be so much easier. Oh, my. Because he was like, back then, for him to do what he did in terms of printing checks and all that shit, right? You needed extremely specific equipment and stuff like that, right? He was like, bro, you don't need any of that right now. You can just do it online. <laughs> it's so easy right now to conduct that kind of fraud. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. like, man, it's so so easy right now. Yeah, sick. So, you know, like that—that's what leads me to believe that, arguably, mm-hmm. it might be easier to conduct that kind of fraud. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. And as you can see already right now, like with, with you know, phone, telephone fraud, like credit card scams, mm. like. Mm. You know, they're more prevalent now than ever before. Mm-hmm. You know, and why is that? Well, technology just makes it fucking easy, you know, mm. yeah. for you to conduct phishing scams, like, yeah. And the dark web, your details are basically easily available yeah, for yeah. everyone. Yeah. So, you know. Well, that's, that's good then. <laughs> My man said that's good I mean, <laughs> until yeah. someone takes your digital currency from your wallet and you're like, oh, fuck you, bro. Uh, <laughs> no, definitely not be good. But. For those that hold crypto, that's why you keep yours offline on a private ledger. Mm. You make sure that never touches the internet. Um, but I mean, like the kind of grim future that is, is, you know, potentially ahead of us in terms of complete control that the government will have over us, you know, whatever you're spending, they'll be able to track it and whatnot. If you, may, if you commit a little crime, Counts frozen, mm. you know. Basically, what China mm. are doing right now absolute totalitarian control. Mm-hmm. 
that's a grim future in it. So it's definitely it's good to to kind of the 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 ray of light that's shining through the window is the fact that like you said, no matter what happens, people will game the system in it. Yep. You know, there'll be hackers that will be even there'll be hackers that will do it just because they hate the government and they'll be like to the people, here you go. Yep. Here's your solution. You know, for free. Yeah, 100%. Man. I mean? Have you heard of the company Palantir? I've heard recently people are talking about it in terms of yeah. buying stocks. And they stuff. are, yeah. What's, 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 so Palantir is a software company and they provide a lot of uh, services to corporate corporate sectors, in it? So mm-hmm. governments, mm-hmm. FBI, NSA, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, got, they, they signed a new contract with the NHS, something? Yeah, 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 they did. Yeah, yeah they signed right. a new contract with the NHS. Yeah. So I feel like <clears throat> they could definitely play a part in this in, the, in this big data, you know, for the uh, people, you know, because if you think about it, yeah, the ta- they are providing these data type services, you know, mm-hmm. to large scale organizations, mm-hmm. and these large scale organizations deal with the public, <clears throat> the NHS, for example. Mm-hmm. So think about it in the, in the future, right? Mm-hmm. That's not like they will probably. They are gonna have a lot of data, but they are they. I feel like they will pioneer this totalitarian control uh, type, or they will enable companies and governments to be able to do that in it. Yeah, yeah. Because they'll be able to collect that data and put it together, so mm. they can form whatever it is that they're trying to form, right? Yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. basically your financial habits and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. You know. So, you know, it's quite oh, mad, bro. Oh, the stock is dipping hard, though. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Ah, good. <laughs> I think it started like 50. I think it's like 25 or good. below that now. So, good. you know. Yeah, maybe the Reddit group is, is selling them to short the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, their revenues are nice. They, they got crazy revenues, though. Yeah, is it? Yeah, like year on year, they're increasing quite bad. It's grim. I think one one thing actually that I, one cryptocurrency called Tornado Cash, which is sick. This is kind of going along with what you're saying that people will game the system. So crypto isn't com- contrary to what most people think. It's not completely untraceable. If you have the resources, you can trace. You know, money is going to this address, and then uh, exchanges now have to provide KYC, so they know this address is linked to this name. So they can trace it, um, but there is a crypto that you know you you would essentially put your let's say you buy Ethereum. It is Ethereum based, so you send your Ethereum to this application. They would basically destroy the trace, and then they would give it back to you. Is so, it? Yeah, yeah. So like a VPN. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that's yeah. That's bad. Yo, was that Tornado Cash? Yeah. Tornado Cash. Yeah. So that's pretty sick, um, and it goes along with kind of the narrative of there yo be that's a sick idea for a business bro yeah mad yeah i can actually imagine that i don't know maybe with central bank maybe it wouldn't work with that. i don't know if this but something along those lines could happen where mm. it just destroys the traces it make it makes it so complicated that it's impossible to trace essentially mm. so this is over encrypted basically yeah 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 mm. exactly put it into the black box it comes out it's like uh, where did it come from? 
Fuck, man. People are so smart. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I'm smart. And then I hear about these people. I'm like, right, yeah. I'm stupid, man. <laughs> compared to these people. Yeah, compared to these people. That's yeah. so nuts, bro. Yeah, man. I'm, I haven't invested in it, but I think I, I may. I may do. It, sound, it sounds like it has a lot of potential. Yeah. And it's still uh, quite low-key. Is it is it available to buy like on exchanges? Yeah. So yeah. how how does that work though? So you can you buy Tornado Cash or do you buy Ethereum and then you convert it into Tornado Cash? So you can actually buy Tornado Cash. So if you buy it, you have some vote basically in in how many fees are just distributed or it's like a, a what they call a governance governance token. So ha- having this token allows you some ability to vote on things on the system so um what system on that tornado cash system on the network okay i don't understand you know so what what are the benefits of using tornado cash that is untraceable so th- the application is the fact that it makes like things like ethereum untraceable Mm-hmm. Um, but the benefits of owning Tornado Cash is that you have a stake in the network, so you can help to govern the network. Essentially, you can vote on changes to the network. That's that's the benefit of owning Tornado Cash. Well, if we if we think about its utility, right, mm. which is untraceable Ethereum. Mm-hmm. How does Tornado Cash, like, how does the whole process work? Like, mm-hmm. do you know like, how uh, the whole process I, works? Yes, I know through, I know in terms of making the Ethereum untraceable, they do through some smart contract. I don't know the actual coding or how they actually do it, but mm-hmm. through some smart contracts, they're able to make the, the traces to Ethereum. They complicated in some way one way or another so i don't know the actual means to how they how they do it um but in terms of the token tornado cash um like i said to actually help govern the network if you own that you know you can you can one you can earn fees by holding it and governing the network um and also you can vote changes but you can't be used as a means of currency transfer um you can i mean inherently not inherently but it has value the tornado cash Mm -hmm. people buy it people use it and you can send it to like i could send it to you essentially you know let's say i want to send you some money i could send it to you so in that in that sense yeah and could could i convert it into anything you can convert it to Ethereum and then convert it to pounds. Okay, fair yeah. enough. So when I convert it to Ethereum, mm-hmm. that Ethereum can't be linked back to me. Um so in terms of the Or uh, you rather. So when you when you convert Tornado Cash into Ethereum in the normal in the normal fashion, um and then you convert the Ethereum to uh, pounds. Then the 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 link is established there, because 
you'll always always use the same most times you'll use the same ethereum address and you'll use an exchange to convert ethereum to pounds mm -hmm. and on that exchange it has your details mm -hmm. so but if you if you don't convert it to pounds then there isn't a way uh to trace it to you but I mean, even then i'm sure there's a way like for example you can set up a wallet on your phone Right, you don't need to put your name on there. You don't need to put your details, your address, whatever, and you know you can um, you can purchase crypto from there. But then there's always going to be a gateway where the pound, where the money pounds come in, or the, the dollars come in, because if you set up a wallet, it's obviously empty. The money's got to come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. So there is. But they can't link that wallet to you, though, isn't it? Or can they? No, they can't link that to you un until. Could they? Could they link it using like IP address? That's actually, I was thinking about that. I'm not that I've heard of, but potentially, potentially they could. Hmm. You know, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, using certain means, you, you know, a coder could track it to your phone. Yeah. So it's, it's like you to access your wallet, you go use the internet, right? Yeah. So your wallet is on a server somewhere. Um. No. So the wallet is generated randomly. So let's say you you created one on your phone now, mm -hmm. that would be a randomly generated one. So if you use your phone. Then I believe it, the 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 address for your wallet would stay on your phone. It wouldn't okay. be on a server somewhere. Okay, so it's localized. Yeah. Okay, and then, so the wallet is not connected to the internet. No. Okay. But if you set up a wallet using Exchange, mm -hmm. that is stored on us on their server. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, you'd have to use your name and stuff like that to sign up for can it. i still receive currencies yeah on a local wallet yes okay yeah hmm. interesting okay how how does that how happen what does that occur on the currencies network yeah exactly okay so it doesn't happen through the internet it happens through the intranet of sorts uh i mean it would it would still go over the internet yeah but not way. not through the traditional channels right In, yeah it would be on the internet but using like the bitcoin network for example yeah okay yeah. hmm fair enough because hmm. what i was thinking about was the thing is you know when i when i think of cryptos yeah hmm. I always try to think about what their inherent use is. Mm. Like, what can I use this for? Isn't it? And yeah. so far, none of them seem to have any any particular use to them. Yeah. Like, you can't buy anything with it. Like, not yet. Yeah. Right. And then, as you said, with Ethereum, you can, with the Tornado coin, you can reduce the trace of Ethereum. Mm-hmm. But then you can't do anything with that. Like, yeah, you get a voting power for the network, but it's like, yeah. okay, like that, that. There's no inherent use to that for me, right? Yeah. So that that's that's I guess that's how I judge cryptos. In it? it's like, what 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 can I do with this? Well, I mean, like, what what's the utility in this in one, this crypto? Like one utility, you know, 
we were talking about this earlier, actually, in terms of, you know, how you said inv- the use of an investment bank. You, th- you don't like it or? I just thought they don't add anything of value. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, because so they're middlemen, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So with crypto that you can, well, they've already decentralized that process, cutting out investment banks, because let's say you have an idea of, you know, you want to uh, decentralize insurance or something but you need funds right mm-hmm. you can actually um have an idea have a you know a thesis and write down some things and have a concept maybe create a product and then actually do an ipo without the need for middleman you know you would um go on one of these cryptocurrencies you are platforms for you know you know, crypto IPOs, uh, they used to be called ICOs, but now they're called IIDO. I don't, I don't know what D stands for, but, you know, it's cut out the, the, the middleman. So that's quite a big use case right there, isn't it? So how does that, how does that work then? Okay, so, so you're saying I can make a company, my mm. company, IPO, IDO, mm-hmm. on a crypto network? Yeah. Okay, and then how do I raise funds? Do people buy into my company using cryptos? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So hmm, let's say you, you know you had an idea, you had a product, you put this forth this product uh, product idea on this platform, you know, and then people would look at it. Okay, I think that's a good idea, and you know if you want to invest in it, you'd buy Nick tokens, and uh, that way you raise funds. And then you release, you release oh, your product. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I would introduce my own crypto of sorts. Yeah. And there will be like a bond, essentially, mm-hmm. in in the form of a token. Yeah. Or like a you know like a treasury bond, for example. Right. Y- yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Because that, that's I'd... what a bond is, isn't it? it? Says you give me this much money, and then I'll give you this piece of paper that says you gave me this much money and yeah. I'll give you back this much, for example. So the, I think it's, they haven't quite um, clarified that because is that that's a security, right? Is that? In a, yeah. In a way. Yeah. Um, they haven't quite, well, in the US anyway, I think the UK is quite clear. If you do something like that, is that security or not? And then they haven't quite got to the point where, okay, you need to register as security first. Some sometimes have, um, but you know, when you buy the tokens, I don't think it's like, uh, you know, you buy this and you get promised, it's like the token gives you certain like governance rights. If you buy some Nick tokens, you have some rights to vote on this, this, and that. Oh, oh, okay, so yeah. you're like a shareholder, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough, okay, exactly. I get yeah, that's, you. That's the very one. Mad. Okay. Do a lot of companies do that then? Yeah, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of. Uh, yeah. So these are small projects. Though. They're not like uh, big companies that do this. Uh, individuals, groups, people. Coders. So is there is there like a um, stock market of sorts for this? I mean, the entire crypto crypto market. I guess it's the whole it's the whole stock market. There isn't like a one section um, mm. that. Because then your your offering would just be another crypto coin type thing, right? Yeah. Mm, Yeah, Interesting. Yo, that's actually very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, 
it's quite a lot of use cases uh, with uh, crypto. I'll be interested to implement that in insurance. Well, it's already it's already been started. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, who who's doing that? I think they're called ne- Nex Nexo Mutual. So they've like the 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 process in how they've done it is still confuses me. But there isn't like one company that holds all the funds. It's mm-hmm. like the in a in some manner, everyone shares the risk. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and um, so the rest of the, the the process confuses me, but they've managed to do that. That's mad. I'm gonna look into this, bro. This yeah, is crazy into. interesting, man. Because it'd be like imagine you could have, because you know insurance is basically a pool of money from people. Yeah. And you all spread the risk, right? So imagine you could do that on a global level with crypto, because yeah. anyone can buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by you contributing, you're basically buying an insurance policy of sorts. Yeah. While also paying your premium through crypto, right? Mm-hmm. That's mad. Yeah, man. What's it called? Nexo Mutual. Nexus yeah. Mutual. I think it. Decentralized alternative insurance. That's it. Yeah. Why did I think that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're in WeWork though. That is not a big is company. It? Yeah. Uh, that's not good. Insurance power alternative to insure or people power. Own part of mutual. Okay, get a quote. All right. I hope they offer car insurance. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that'd be sick. Trust. Active Ethereum cover count amount 485,000. So. What's the current price of Ethereum? $2,000. Start $970 million. Yeah. Mm, I'll buy it. That's... $3,400. Okay, so they, their things are not that big yet. Mm. Slowly growing. That's so lit though. I'm going to... Smart contracts, custodians. What are they providing insurance for, by the way? <laughs> I don't actually know. <laughs> like, um, I I believe they provide they can provide insurance on other cryptocurrencies oh okay okay mm. that's calm then yeah. I, my idea is still open to <laughs> <laughs> insurance. yeah i would do actual insurance in it no yeah not crypto insurance for other cryptos in it. <laughs> when the other crypto doesn't do anything anyway yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. okay it's like what these lot are doing is listen you got a thousand pounds, yeah. If you pay us this much, we'll cover your thousand pounds, yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's like insurance for your money, you know. Yeah, because well, crypto is so volatile. Yeah. So you know, but yeah. this address is not a member. All right. Okay, fair enough. So this sick. I'm gonna look into this. Mm. It's pretty. It's pretty sick. It's a lot of uh, still. A young market, but the potential is so big, man. Like, you know, decentralizing any anywhere where there's a middleman, it can be decentralized. Because insurance is one of those industries that's like old, isn't it? Yeah. And it still is old, isn't it? Yeah. 
So, mm. oh, bro, my me. mind is blown right now. <laughs> I have <laughs> yeah. no idea. I'm so fast. I'm literally going to go home and I'm like, I'm going to plot this whole thing out. Sick. Or how this insurance company is going to work. Listen, make make sure, let me know when you're going to release a project. I want to be an early investor. Bro, of course, man. <laughs> investor, you got to be a partner, bro. Come yeah, on. Come like, on. You got to teach me about crypto. And like, Definitely. My man can't run a crypto insurance when I don't know fuck all about crypto, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, essentially, as long as you have the idea, you can you can hire the the brains. Yeah, but, but it's better to do yourself. Don't have money either, <laughs> <laughs> so unless he wants to be paid in just equity and they're like, yeah. No, I'll look into it because yeah. that'll be quite sick. Like, as I just said, like. Mm. Imagine you could have an insurance pool globally mm-hmm. and whoever buys your coin is effect like you based on your risk, it shows you how much you you pay in and how mm-hmm. much of that token you need to buy mm-hmm. and you're contributing to that pool basically mm-hmm. and it's decentralized because there's no like banks or anything involved. You directly mm. buy that coin, isn't it? Yeah, and that yeah, money yeah. goes directly to us. Yeah. And then when there's a claim, you can pay out like from that pool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that'll be quite sick. Yeah, right? yeah. Imagine. Like it, it seems feasible on on the yeah. surface, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can already see eventually it will happen. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. It's just, it's the way forward. So you can you know, pioneer for car insurance and insurance in general. Jeez, that'll be sick. Yeah. Oh, is that TT? Yeah. Old, that's a bit old, old shit. Yeah. That's the hairdresser's one. Yeah. <laughs> Proper hairdresser. You know, I had a I had an economics teacher, right? Big man. Right? He's good, <laughs> good six foot two, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Big man, you know, like he could be a good bodyguard. And he literally drove that car didn't make sense well it's it's, it's how he feels internally yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, internally he feels like that yeah maybe he's you know he's a bit like, it's a bit like a giant like a big friendly giant isn't yeah it? i guess or maybe he has i don't know he's in touch with his feminine, feminine side. side or his feminine side is the majority stakeholder <laughs> <laughs> in that company is yeah in that, that company of his body in it I remember once we had to do a little video uh, idea and uh, he let us use his car not to drive it but just to he gave us the keys and we sat in it did some videos and I remember I pushed the door open I hit another car and it scratched it <laughs> <laughs> wow. Obviously, you never found out because luckily it was not a big scratch, but I didn't say anything either. <laughs> that was a bit peak. Well, wow, you're reckless, bro. <laughs> how 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 old were you back then? 15, 16. Jeez. That's a bit peak. Remind me to never give you my yeah. party. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. When that Rolls Royce comes, sorry, Eesh. bro. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, I'll open the door for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll give anyone the keys to that car. I mean, I don't give anyone keys to this car, so definitely not that car. <laughs> Never. Well, let's uh, wrap up. Let's we've, wrap it up. We've hit the two-hour mark. 
bit extra, but you know, you've got to let it flow sometimes, innit? Yeah. People have been requesting long episodes, so you know. There you go. This one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> give what the people want. Yeah. Alright. Keep it simple. Risky Preneurs out. Cause I really like where I'm at. Cause I really like where I'm at. Cause I really like where I'm at.